I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Hello, and welcome back to Keanu Believe It, the Talk Film Society podcast that is all Keanu Reeves all the time. I'm Sam Van Haren, assistant editor at TFS, and a lifelong fan of the singular Keanu Reeves. I will be your guide through his diverse and interesting career. Each week, a guest and I discuss a film from his filmography, which we've been going through in chronological order. On this episode, we'll be discussing Dangerous Liaisons. Uh, before getting into the movie, I want to welcome my guest, uh, Joey O'Coin from Talk Film Society. How's it going, Joey? It's going pretty good. Thanks for having me, Sam. Glad to have you here. Uh, as my listeners know, I always like to ask my uh, guests when it's their first time uh, what they think about uh, Keanu Reeves uh, overall and in general. Uh, so what do you think about Keanu, Joey? I think he's great. I think he's one of those uh, movie stars that's, you know, often un- underrated. And I think the reason why is because he, he feels more like an outsider in the sense if you compare him to his contemporaries like Brad Pitt or, um, you know, e- even Cruz and, and, and guys mm-hmm. like that, that he kind of, you know, popped around that same time in like the mid 80s. He had that, he's, he's had this fun career where he's had pockets of success where you know, especially with the movie we're talking about is right when he's getting introduced and then he had Bill and Ted and it felt like in one way they didn't know what to do with him, but in another way, he just has natural charisma and he's, it kind of reminds me of guys like Nicolas Cage where, um, you just, there's a certain group of people, you just like them and you want, and you want to watch them do stuff. And, He's been in very sort of populist, big, huge hits. Well, right. uh, uh, he, he has, you know, I would say he has two Stone Cold just box office successes, which is Speed and the Matrix, right? And I guess right. I guess you can count the sequels, but Speed and the Matrix, and then and then he had like the the next tier level, which you know people love, but like Point Break and John Wick and. Right. Bill and Ted, and that's hard to do for the thirty years, thirty plus years that he's been uh, making film. You know, I just felt like he's always been around, and you always kind of think, well, is he a good actor? Is he not? And what he really is is he's a great movie star. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, yeah, so and this is uh, we'll talk about it a little bit in a little bit, but this is one of those movies where. I feel like people always come to where they say like, uh, oh, he, you know, they'll say he's not a good actor because he can't, uh, you know, fit into any uh, role or any, you know, time setting. But I think that uh, for this case, it, it kind of works, which again, we'll get to in a bit. But um, but honestly, I just think he's just one of those actors where 
certain roles fit in better, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I think people always think that that's a negative thing, but I don't think that is at all. Uh, but okay, so Dangerous Liaisons uh, was directed by Stephen Frears, uh, adapted uh, for, by Christopher Hampton from his own play, which he originally adapted from uh, the French novel. Uh, it stars Glenn Close, John Malkovich, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Keanu Reeves, Susie Kurtz, and Uma Thurman, uh, and a bunch of other people show up too, but... Uh, so had you seen this movie before, uh, coming on, Joey? I did. You know, I was a theater major, so I remember in high school and in college, we kind of wanted to watch a lot of the acting movies. Mm -hmm. And this was definitely, you know, because it was nominated for all these Oscars and it was like, you know, based off a play, I was definitely aware of it. I thought of it more as a performance movie, like, oh, Glenn Close and Malkovich. And mm-hmm. um, and you almost forget that Keanu's really in the movie. Same with Uma Thurman, right. you know. Yeah. Um, they're, they, don't, they don't have, you know, huge roles, especially Uma Thurman. She kind of just disappears halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was familiar with it, but I watched it again last night, and I was, I was kind of shocked at how uh, different it plays in our time and age now with the me too movement, right. it just felt like, wow, this is a highly problematic movie. <laughs> and it just says something to you like, Oh wow, we were totally cool with this in 1988. We were cool with it in the nineties when they came up with cruel intentions. And I just feel like if you tried to tell the story now, I think people would be like, I don't want to watch this. Right. Uh, I mean, and that's one thing I, you know, uh, I hadn't seen it before. Uh, yesterday, uh, I mean, I had known about it, obviously, but because uh, it's a very you know famous movie, and um, but I thought it was great. Uh, I mean, I definitely see uh, you know, especially this current, especially this year, especially 2018, where uh, like you said, the Me Too movement and everything. Um, but I feel like you know, you're not supposed to like these characters. Like that's yeah. kind of the point. Like uh, I feel like if it was saying. If it tried to redeem, um, you know, Malkovich's uh, Valmont or um, Close's Martuel, like, then, yeah, I could see... Uh, and it's definitely not an easy movie to watch. Like, it's, I feel like I kind of missed that uh, through everything I heard about it. I didn't realize just how, uh, you know, terrible and iffy, these, you know, the behaviors of these people are, but... Um, yeah, so for those of you, uh, you know, who don't know the movie, uh, it's your, you know, it's a costume drama. Uh, basically, uh, Glenn Close plays this, uh, they're both, it's set in the aristocracy of uh, pre-revolution France. Um, so Glenn Close plays this, uh, you know, she's basically, it's a kind of like a, you know, Madame de Pompadour, but like an evil version of her. Like she's, you know, she plays, uh, that's the way she got rich as she um, basically is a mistress, like she's a professional uh, mistress. And so um, one of her, uh, you know, um, men gets, you know, dumps her uh, and then gets engaged to Uma Thurman's character and she basically wants to destroy him, you know, get revenge. That's, and that's the game these rich people, they're they're basically, you know, her and um, Malkovich's Valmont are just bored rich people who live off of um, basically plotting against others and ruining other people's lives. Um, 
So yeah, um, the op- it opens with this great scene of them, uh, you know, uh, getting ready, you know, like uh, putting on makeup and getting powdered wig, and uh, it just shows the... Frears does a great job of setting up how vapid and fake these people are. Like, uh, what did you think about that scene? Yeah, I, th- I think I, I love Stephen Frears. I, I think that you know he's still doing that now. I mean, he just can't stop making movies about the Queen, and mm-hmm. you know he he just really gets a he do, he does a great job of just making that not feel boring. Mm-hmm. And I think it, the beginning it does it it pops, and you are really just like, who are these people? And you know, you, you, I think now we, we, you know, I've seen a lot more stuff. You know, you watch Downton Abbey, and you kind of get like, okay, like all the the valets, and you know, all mm-hmm. these all these people are dressing them and everything. But it's still, I, I think it was very well done. Um, wh- one thing I found interesting just from the get go, um, I know Glenn Close is like a fantastic actress, and she's great in everything she does. And same with Malkovich, and they're they're definitely acting in this movie. I, I thought it was a curious choice for them to play these roles, especially when you have like beautiful people that are the supporting mm-hmm. characters, because there's almost this, this funny moment in the movie and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but um, where Mel, it, it's, it's established that Malkovich would be like, I'm going to sleep with Uma Thurman and Michelle mm-hmm. Pfeiffer so I can get Glenn close. Right. right. <laughs> just like, okay. Like, you know, the heart wants what it wants, but I just thought that that's interesting in casting that the, the audience has to buy like, Oh really? Like you don't care about Fi- Michelle Pfeiffer and Uma Thurman's kind of like a, you know, um, almost like an added on detail to this sort of, um, deal that he has. And, right. um, and then he, he really wants, and, and it's a lot about the power and, 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 and I get that. And it's, 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 it's interesting how they establish it, you know, how she wants betrayal and he wants cruelty and, right. you know, yeah. he, he does a good job at the very beginning and it gets moving, you know, the, you know, it, the story doesn't take, take too long to get going. I, I feel like in the first 10 to 12 minutes, like you all the, you have everything you need to go. I, I think the pacing right. of the movie is pr- pretty good. Yeah, so basically, it's uh, she wants to get uh, revenge, and so she offers him. It's like, hey, can you seduce uh, this? Uh, her name's Cecile, uh, and he's like, I don't want to do that because it's too easy. Like, she, uh, you know, he even and the dialogue is great in this movie, especially the way they like. Uh, it's not, um, it's not super off-putting with the. Like, it's got a very modern uh, sensibility, even though they're all you know, wearing these elaborate costumes. And um, and I think it's a good thing that they're not doing accents because I feel like that would just be distracting. Like, Yeah, uh, it, it comes off like a choice. You know, it comes off like, hey, we got American actors. They're not going to try to, like, pretend that they're not American actors, but we're in France. And I think maybe the, for the first minute I was just like, wow, um, this is, <laughs> you know, this is the choice. But then you just you just get into the story and you just... Uh, it, it kind of uh, falls by the wayside, and I think it's nice because then you could focus on the story and the dialogue. What you said about the dialogue—that there are some great lines in there—and uh, it is very complicated. It's a very, uh, you know, tons of uh, everyone's got different plans and motivations, and uh, sometimes you actually get kind of lost of who's trying to like why people are in certain places. And uh, but for the most part, I think it, it works fine. But 
it just even when I was like typing up my notes of the uh, the plot, I was like, this is uh, you know, it's very easy to get if you're just uh, yeah. explaining the plot to someone with names. Yeah, they're, they're gonna get lost, but it, it works when you're watching because you don't necessarily need to know the characters' names and. Uh, yeah, and, and, and but, I think that's like a you know just like it's like an old classic French story, and right. I, I think now if it was if it was being developed in the studio system, <laughs> a it would not be developed by like Warner Brothers. I don't think Warner Brothers would be putting out a movie like this. You know, right now it just says something how how things change. You know, thirty years, but that it, it does seem like the 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 two the two marks the two characters. It, right. it feels a little bit like a hat on a hat, where it's just like, well, you, you're, you're trying to kind of understand what's what's happening. You know, like, okay, she wants to, you know, she wants him to deflower Uma Thurman. Got it? Because that's the she was scorned by um, Bastille, right? And uh, Bastide, yeah, Bastide, yeah. and then uh, and then you're like, okay, I get that, and then you know, Malkovich is like this hired gun guy that can kind of, you know, essentially, you know bed anybody um right and so, yeah and then he decides to uh, instead go after um madame de tourvel who's played by michelle pfeiffer uh who i think gives the performance of the movie uh in this she's fantastic uh which is just again pfeiffer fantastic is yeah as you you know you know that but uh and she's at a really so, interesting point in her career at this time because yeah. you know she has married to the mob that um came out around the same time and then fabulous baker boys came out a little bit later and right. um so she was i mean she definitely was like a star but um you know she still had batman returns which was 92 so that's like four years away um I wish she was in like bigger stuff around that time. This was like her prime, you know, and I, I kind of feel like I want to see more of her in this movie because she's so great. Yeah, and I think uh, people mentioned at the time that it was kind of it was similar to, uh, you know, like some things that happened with Brad Pitt or even like Paul Newman, where they're like they're a good actor, but they're maybe this is the kind of, this is one of those movies where she proved that she's more than just uh, you know a good looking uh, person who can read a line. Like she can give a vulnerable, interesting layered performance. And so I think this is kind of that movie for her. Um, yes. And, and bringing it back to, um, to Keanu, then the, the, uh, of the, you know, there's five principal characters. Right. And, uh, Keanu would be like the fifth, the music teacher who is, um, go, going to be, you know, linked with Uma Thurman's character initially. And then you find out later that, um, he has a, he has a bigger connection to um, to uh, Marquis de. How do you pronounce Glenn Close's last name? Is it? I think it's Martuel. Martuel, pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. And um, but yeah, so yeah, there's a, so there's a scene uh, where we first meet. Um, she's at the opera, and there's this great shot of again just the way Frears does just these observations of people, and he's just one of those great um, directors that can do these things with uh, you know just a simple shot of showing her. Uh, you know, everyone's at this opera, and there's this shot, like, it goes through the audience, and then across the stage, and then it shows her not watching this spectacle. She's watching the people, right? Like, she's yeah. uh, looking at them with her monocle, uh, and she sees uh, Keanu, and she decides to basically introduce her to uh, Uma Thurman's character as a way of uh, just, just... She wants to learn information about her so she can somehow 
you know, ruin Best Deeds, uh, virgin fiance. Um, so she basically, uh, prods them into falling in love. Um, and, you know, Keanu is, I actually think this is one of those movies that people always talk about that maybe he was, uh, miscast, but I think it actually works really well because of, uh, again, the modern vibe of this movie. Um, and he is supposed to be, him and Uma Thurman are just kind of supposed to be these innocent, uh, bystanders that get corrupted by, um, so I think Keanu at this time, I think it's kind of a, I think it's kind of, uh, pretty smart casting in my opinion, just cause it, it works that they're, that maybe he doesn't fit in this world and that, you know, works to the movie's benefit. But what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that he is so sincere in this and he doesn't try to do too much. And I think that's exactly what needs to happen in a role like this. I mean, he is um, he has that body language of a dummy. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's what happens when people criticize him is they think like, oh, look, here comes, you know, here comes Johnny Utah sauntering into this this French melodrama. Right. But um, I uh, and then, yeah, I don't think it's quite as like I agree when like his which we'll get to in a few episodes of uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula where like. Yeah, that makes a little more sense, but that's because he's actually, I feel like he was trying to, in that movie, we won't get too far into that, but he was like, you know, slipping in and out of accents, but in this, it's like, don't do an accent at all, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, let's yeah I don't... Stick to what you're good at, you know? Like, exactly, and, and I think I think really, like, what 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 his representation, Keanu's, you know, agents or managers, whoever got him this role, is I think it was great because it put him in this Oscar-nominated film, and it just got people to just go, okay, I know who, you know, maybe if they hadn't seen, you know, the previous movie, if they haven't seen Youngblood or, or River's Edge, you know, I... I, which, I th- which I think is pretty likely. I mean, these his first six movies are pretty, uh, you know, this is kind of his first... I mean, yeah, Permanent Records got, a, you know, a bit of a cult following, and... Yeah, definitely River's Edge. Has, but but you know they weren't op- very well known, They but. weren't opening wide, and, and you know, and not that this right. movie you know blew open the box office doors, but you know it definitely was this prestige film, and and it's and it's great that in the next couple of years, I think that's he, he did the old fashioned way to grow a movie star. You know how right. you know people yeah. always criticize like oh Colin Farrell, they just put him in everything, and you know just like he got Tigerland, and then now he's everywhere. Where here it's like mm-hmm. uh, you, you know. He had a lot of supporting roles, and this was, I think, um, just good just to get that recognition and to see that he has the sweetness to him, and right. he's great on screen, and he also, I just think, has a just this natural, um, just wa- like warmth to him that you just yeah, you definitely. you like him, and I feel like you feel for this guy in this movie, and I I don't think that you want to see movies where Keanu is is dark like i don't think you, you would want to see him play um the malkovich role in this you know even now like right. the, at this age no. you just be kind of like no that's not who we want you know and i think it's it's m- movie stars kind of fill that role where the way i kind of think of it is uh it's a sense of taste that the audiences right. kind of go well i trust their sense of taste not even just selecting the the scripts and, and what movie they're going to be in, but mainly just you're going to trust that they're going to that they're going to play it honest, and that's why right. sometimes when we fall away from a movie star, when we don't like, you know, um, 
John Travolta, for example. It's because mm-hmm. we don't trust our sense of taste anymore, you know. Right. And um, and everybody, you know, everybody changes and stuff like that. But the nice thing about just the career of Keanu is that you kind of you you know that there's something honest there, and you know what he's kind of trying to do, and. Right. Um, and I think I, I think that's why you got to root for him. You know, it's like every, every movie he makes, you, you know, okay, well, he's going for something, and maybe the movie didn't work, but um, he 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 definitely has that kind of um, consistency in his performances. Right. And 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 here, I, I'm not mad at it. You know, I, I was happy I'm happy to see him in the movie, and I, and I and I felt like he did what he needed to do, and he was definitely really young in it. And it's it's. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought everybody was great in this, as far as the performances. Right. I think. Uh, I, yeah. So yeah, and then get, you know, getting back to the plot a little bit. Uh, so um, uh, Malkovich, you know, you you know the story. People know the story pretty much. Maybe especially, maybe also maybe primarily because of uh, Cruel Intentions, almost because it's you know, yeah. it's basically the same plot. But uh, so uh, he starts. Uh, scheming and you know trying to corrupt this uh, very religiously devout uh, Torvel and uh, you know at first she's basically like you know just no she's like uh, shuts him down uh, and then that kind of but then really what triggers him to maybe keep going with it is that uh, his or so this woman uh, Swoozy Kurtz's character basically wrote a letter warning uh, Pfeiffer's character about this guy, that, you know, you shouldn't trust him. Uh, and when he finds out about that, that basically makes him also want to get revenge on her, even though he admits that that's what he is. Like, yeah. he even says, like, you're right, but you shouldn't say it. That's what I say about myself. Like, you know, so how dare you accurately uh, talk about me, so... Uh, and then he, you know, so basically he's working both people. Like, he's both trying to uh, seduce Torvel and corrupt uh, Cecile. So there's this really, with this, I didn't hear about this at all before heading into it, that he, uh, you know, he assaults uh, Cecile in her bedroom uh, in a pretty disturbing scene. Um, but again, you're supposed to not like him. Like, that's what I was... I was kind of worried halfway through the movie that maybe they were going to try to uh, redeem him, but they certainly don't. Like, yeah, uh, no one is redeemed in this movie. It's very uh, terrible people ruining, you know, other people's lives and each other's lives. Uh, but still, I had, you know hadn't heard about that scene at all. It, well, it's, um, it's interesting too the way they they chose to do it where. Uma Thurman, even or this, well, you know, I'll call it by her her character name, uh, Cecile. She still comes back. It's almost like this sort of Stockholm syndrome situation uh, that you're you're expecting her to be like, "Get away from me! I never want to talk to this guy again." And, well, yeah, and well, yeah. The way they do that is that uh, you know, uh, Martwell comes in and says, "Maybe you should, you know, like uh, give in to him in the future to learn." Uh, you know, that's what this movie has, you know, the subtext of it, or even the text of it, where she says, you know, um, this is the way women are are yes. made to be by society. Like, this is, uh, you know, uh, men, there's a great line where she says, um, women are more obliged to be 
capable than men are. So, like, you know, that um, that a woman needs to do three times as much as a man to get half as much. Um, and, you know, she kind of says, like, it's not my fault that I'm... Uh, this is just the way society... This is how I get ahead in society. So it's not necessarily my fault. Um, yes. Which is a good... Which she's right. Again, I mean, she's still a wicked, you know, backstabber, but she... Like, she has a point there. Yeah, and, and, and even... Uh, there's a quote that uh, Glenn Close says where she goes, you know, um, I had no choice that I am a woman. Women are obliged to be far more skillful than men. You right. could ruin yeah. our reputation and our life with a few well-chosen words, um, but then she has to invent... And and it shows that they're trying to function in this uh, highly corrupt mm-hmm. societal world. Uh, it, so there's a sadness to it that um, I think at the time we're just like, well, that's just the way things are. And uh, I think now, just like watching it, you're just like, oh wow, this movie's like it. It, it, def- it definitely has like some uh, some subtext to it that is uh, kind of alarming. That it's that it. I, I I wasn't able to be like, oh, this is so deliciously evil as maybe, a, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago sure. watching yeah. it. it. It feels a little more just man, like, man, like we really, <laughs> we really had some problems with gender issues. But, right. And uh, the fact that the fact that we're still dealing with this 300 years later mm-hmm. and that's, you know, um, again, like it, it just kind of making me think of like, you know, the, you know, the Harvey Weinstein or the Trump where they're, uh, you know. They're rich people who never tell them no, so they just do whatever they want. And so that's very much what uh, Valmont is. And uh, so there's this great, you know, where... Uh, so he does end up falling for her, uh, for Torvel, without despite... And there's this great scene where... Uh, so basically part of the deal is that he has to prove that he slept with her so that he can then sleep with uh, uh, Martuel. And there's this great scene where he, like, says that you know, I, it, success, and he's even, like, there's a part where he's, like, sprinting up the stairs, yelling, uh, success, success, uh, and then, you know, she kind of, she sees that he's in love with her before he even realizes it, right? Like, he thinks that he couldn't possibly, uh, you know, his, his reputation, uh, precedes him, and that he couldn't possibly fall for someone that he's very much, there's even a line that he gave to her, that he told to Torvel, something like, um, I've had desire before, but never love. Uh, but, you know, she sees right through it and gets, you know, furious because uh, she wants him. Uh, so, you know, that that scene is the... Just any scene with um, uh, Close and Malkovich chewing scenery and, you know, going after each other and, uh, you know, wordy bar is just great, great stuff. But Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and it's also interesting to just to see the you know the way Michelle Pfeiffer kind of plays it too is there, there's not this sense of you know she's a you know a spinster or anything like that because uh, if you really think about it if you compare her to uh, Cecile's character her being single you know usually in 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 um, in films like this, they really kind of play the, like, they need to get married, they need to do this. Well, well, she's not single, though. She's married to... She's married to, um... Not, he's never pictured, but... Um, yeah, that, that's what I was confused about, because they mentioned at the, at the beginning about how she, um... 
how how she how she has a um, something about marriage, and I and, and she's married and the, to someone from Parliament, basically, like she's or like a lawyer, uh, and he's off in um, another country, you know, representing France or something. And, and so she's basically so she's basically living by herself, but she, uh, but again, like she, uh, but they never play her as naive. Like she, uh, you know, she's very devout and she's very religious, but at the same time, she like she knows that this guy is bad news, but she still can't. But she just, uh, you know, yeah, falls it, for him despite her best uh, intentions. Right. So she's but. really fighting her virtue and right. against her against her desire. Um, yeah. I and think, so when yeah, and so when uh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, I, I think I was, I was sitting there, you know, kind of halfway through the movie, and I'm like, wait, maybe she's not married because I think at the beginning I was like, oh yeah, okay, she's married, or I think I remember that. And then as I'm like watching, I was like, wait, no, they're not talking about the husband and never see the husband. I was like. Right. They, yeah. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe and I, so that's why I was like, I guess I guess she is single. But no, you're you're right. She's um, she's married. They just kind of they, they really go vague with that. I think that's also our American. Like you know, France is very much a different. Uh, they they deal with this stuff very differently than especially back then. So yeah. uh, it might just be the blunt matter of fact way they talk about it in this that you it's it makes sense that we kind of forget that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's a scene, you know, he, uh, he's kind of disgusted with himself that he fell for her, and so he thinks that it can't, you know, he has to keep his horrible reputation alive, uh, because that's all he's ever known, like, that's the way, uh, he survives, is by people thinking he's terrible, so he, um, lies to her and tells her that, uh, he met someone else, and that, you know, that he's bored, uh, and so he keeps saying, like, it's beyond my control yeah. um, that he is leaving her. And she just becomes uh, just broken down by this because she thought that maybe she was changing him. And that um, so, you know, she's just become overcome with uh, grief and shame. And so she runs off to a convent. Um, and then... Uh, so like while this is all going on, um, Keanu's character Dan and C was uh, corrupted by Glenn Close and became, you know, her lover. Uh, and then so when he finds out that uh, what Valmont did to Cecile, he challenges him to a duel. Uh, and that this is a pretty this is a pretty great scene where they're intercutting them dueling with um, basically the nuns treating uh, Pfeiffer's character. For like you know depression and uh, with bloodletting and stuff you know yeah like yeah they got the cups brutal. on her back uh, I mean it was yeah it, it was intense I, I I thought the editing in that sequence was was fantastic right where like his um, non physical violent you know his uh, you know betrayal of her and uh, the deception of her and mirrored with the uh, you know the physical pain that she's also being inflicted because of what he did and. Um, and then the duel is really, you know, interestingly shot. And, uh, there's this moment where, so basically Valmont like lets himself lose. Like, uh, he, you know, he wants to die. This is the way he's committing, uh, basically committing suicide is through letting him win. Um, and so, you know, he's dying and with his last words, he, uh, asks Dan and C to tell, Torvel, that, you know, he did love her after all, and with his last breath gives uh, the letters proving um, that Martuel was 
corrupt yeah. and that you know that she was uh, basically ruined her uh because she was she had a reputation also but she was still uh respected um as a, you know and but now that every, now that it's public it was more you know whisperings is respectful but once it's in public then uh we're going to hoot at you uh in the opera so yeah it's uh, which, is another, which is a great yeah which is another great scene cuz it's showing you know the first scene in the opera is her spying on everyone but this one it ends with them all just like silently staring at her and then uh you know booing her uh it's pretty great yeah it's her come up it's um and I, and I and I like the sequence uh too where he is dying and he's talking to um is it a I'm terrible with these names. It's Dancini. Um He just kind of hands this stack of bloody letters from his coat pocket. I thought that was uh, really in- invocative and um, just a nice visual. And, yeah, uh, and there's that fantastic shot where it, you know, kind of a bit of an aerial shot of him bleeding out. That's a really great uh, shot. Yeah. Uh, this is full of... And the, Again, you know, back to like the the lighting is really great. Uh, Philip Ruzolo, uh, who did a lot of he did you know interview with the vampire and uh, he does the I think he did some of the Harry Potter movies, but uh, this is he's really, he does a really good job, especially with the there's some really great candle lit scenes, um, yeah, which almost it feels like that it might be solely lit by candlelight, which is always I'm always a sucker for that. But, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, I know what scene you're talking about. Yeah, actually. It, that was one of the three Oscars that it won. Uh, mm-hmm. Best Art Direction, Set Decoration. Uh, the, yep, and then Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, and, and then, obviously, Best Costume Design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then... So then, uh, the, there's this great... So again, so the first scene is them, uh, you know, getting all made up, and, uh, and then there's this final scene, uh, which I thought was a perfect final shot of her, just a extreme close-up of... Uh, Glenn Close, you know, taking off her makeup. So, like, this is... And I actually found out through, uh, you know, doing some research on the movie that that was actually Close's idea. Um, cool. She... They didn't really know how to end it. Apparently, it was the... Originally, the final shot was going to be her um, head facing the gala... Or facing the uh, guillotine. Um, but this was her idea that she said, like... Um, there's a line early... You know, um, she said in the discussion she had with... Uh, Freer's about her soul is on her face, like so her revealing her true self at the final shot of you know, her taking her makeup off is like showing that her just complete destruction of uh, her reputation in her life. Um, so yeah, it's pretty power, pretty uh, well done scene for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I thought. Uh... I thought it definitely has that that really nice symmetry with the opening and the closing, um, and, and it, it does it does feel much more like a um, like this is a uh, this is this is a, this is a, a dark film, but but they're not uh, not celebrating these these anti right. heroes. It's more just mm-hmm. just pu- just putting a a lens on them for you to kind of watch. And uh, yeah, I mean. I, 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 you still have to give it up to this film. I mean, I think um, I, I, I love everything Frears does, and uh, I don't, I don't, I can see why this movie isn't um, 
is it held up as as you know it's it's not like people are talking i don't i don't feel like people are talking about it that much it's 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 not it's not easy to find it's not like floating around that much but um maybe it could later but i think yeah i'm su- I'm, I'm surprised there's not like a quality blu-ray because it's the 30th anniversary that you think that uh i mean cause i think it's a i mean you're right it's not constantly hailed as one of the best uh movies but it is still you know it still surprised me that there's not like a uh and the funny thing is, is that I didn't know about this, that uh, Milos Forman also made an uh, adaptation of uh, Dangerous Liaisons called Valmont that came out the next year. And they're actually all being cast and uh, written at the same time. Uh, even like uh, like Annette Benning initially auditioned for this one, uh, yeah. but then was cast in that one. So, uh, And uh, the play uh, apparently... Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, like Alan Rickman uh, played uh, Valmont in the play that it's based on, and uh, originally the writer wanted uh, Rickman to be in it, uh, but then they wanted to get a name actor instead. Uh, so Rickman's you know introduction would yeah. be made famous in Die Hard. That's you know Hans Gruber. Yeah, for sure. Year, so yeah, totally. Pretty great. Yeah, and the, you know the there's two other actresses that were looking at the role of uh, you know Cecile with. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and right. uh, Drew, yeah, Bar- Drew Barrymore. Yep, and so both of those, you know, kind of make sense that they were, again, going for that kind of, uh, you know, just unexpected, uh, very modern 80s young actress to play that uh, role. kind of makes sense, so. But, you know, Uma, this is one of Uma's first roles, I'm pretty sure, too, so. Yeah, yeah, totally. She was only 18 when they filmed it, so. Or when it was, even when it was released, so pretty great, um, awesome. Uh, so before we go, uh, do you uh, want to plug some stuff, Joey? Uh, do you write for any websites? Maybe I do. I uh, I write for uh, Talk Film Society, and my Twitter is at Joey O'Coin. The last name is A U C O I N, and uh, yeah, that's uh, those are those are basically my big plugs, but. Um, I love talking about film, and I uh, just really happy to be on this podcast talking about Keanu Reeves. Great, uh, thanks so much for being here. Uh, all right, so that does it for this episode. Uh, thanks all for listening. Uh, join me next time where we'll be talking about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which I am very excited about, uh, as that was the movie that made me uh, fall for Keanu, and I'm sure most of the world. Uh, so join me for that. Uh, until then. Keeping excellent to each other, and thanks for listening. <laughs>